Megillah Chav Gimel Amad Aleph, tradition, Masorah, and, and its quality control. The interesting thing, with, or the difficult thing with tradition, with Masorah, is halakhically it's very, very important, as you know. And we, we give a, a lot of prominence to, to a minog. We don't change minhagim easily. We, we hardly ever change minhagim at all. Uh, we, we do things the way our parents, grandparents, if you want to know how to keep the Torah, you can't get it from books. You can't just get it from sforim. Um, how to blend Torah into life, how to blend, blend halacha into life. Uh, that's a matter for Masorah, how this was done. Our, our families going back through the ages grappled with, uh, with how everything has to be done, and they set certain customs, and those are the, those are the minhagim we, we follow. Uh, the danger with minhagim is they can evolve and develop and grow, and then you land up with a whole lot of minhagim that, that uh, we don't even know where they started and where they come from, you know, all the all the jokes about about that, um, and we don't want to have a situation where we're doing things that we're not that aren't authentic. Uh, so how do we balance this uh, adherence to Masorah? Halacha is easy; we've we've got, we've got it all. But Masorah, how do we balance adherence to Masorah with the quality control to make sure that the Masorah is accurate, it's authentic, it's genuine? And, and and what's the method? So we get a bit of an insight into that here when we deal with the idea of a Haftorah. We know that the reading of the Torah on Shabbos, that, that's uh, critically important, even the reading of the Torah during the week. Reading the Torah on Shabbos comes from the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, the reading of the Torah during the week comes from the time of Ezra. These are very uh, old halachot. Um, but the, the Haftorah, where does that come from? What is, this, what is the Haftorah that we read uh, after Kriyat Torah on Shabbat and, on Shabbat and Yom Tov. Um, and in the way the, the Gomorrah deals with it and the Rishonim deal with it, you'll get a bit of insight into the way we deal with Minhagim altogether. The Sefer Avudraim is a wonderful uh, Sefer. The Avudraim is Spain, um, I think it says about the 14th century. Um, and, and he wrote the Sefer Avudraim, which is how to daven, all the, the rules of davening, where the davening comes from, from the beginning of the Siddur to the end of the Siddur. It's our go-to textbook for Tfilot. That's the Sefer Avudraham. Um, and he says there, After the Sefer, the Kriyasa Torah, after you've rolled up the Torah, we read the Haftarah, and it has to have something to do with the day that we're, that we're on. Either the Yom Tov we're on, or the Kriyasa Torah we've just read with, why do we read Maftir? Because there was a Gezerah that you weren't allowed to read from the Torah. So the, uh, in, in order to keep the practice going, even though the actual, we weren't able to read from the Torah as we need to, but not to get out of the, out of the discipline of reading every Shabbos, they instituted Kriyas HaTorah. Um, since for, for Kriyas HaTorah, they've got to be at least seven. Each one must read at least three psukim. Therefore, therefore the Haftorah should be at least 21 psukim, the same length as the minimum length of Kriyat HaTorah. Um, sometimes the, the, the Indian, the, the matter is finished in less than 21 verses, like the Haftorah of Shabbos Shuvah. If that's what it is, then that's what you read for Shabbos Shuvah. Uh, we on Shabbat Shuvah add all sorts of pieces to it, but the real Shabbat Shuvah after is less than 21 verses, and that's okay. Um, so why is it called Haftorah? Some people think it's Haftorah. 
Like a, like a tough average. It's not. It's Haftarah, Hepe Tetra. It has nothing to do with the word Torah. It's Haftarah. So what is the, where does that word come from? The Fisha Yuniftarim by Mikriyat Torah. They used it as a ptur for Kriyat Torah. That's oh. what was the Haftarah. It patted them from Kriyat Torah. Rabbeinu Tam of Tam Acher. Rabbeinu Tam writes another, another reason, uh, which we don't have here. Um... This is probably Rabbi Natam here that he that he quotes why is it called Haftarah? Because we say in Masech the Soito um, that when Ezra opened the Sefer Torah, uh, it says, When Ezra opened up the Sefer Torah, uh, when he opened it, everybody stood up, um, and therefore uh, from that we learn. Um, we learn it from there. But after Kriya Satara, now you can speak again. So everybody's standing at attention for Kriya Satara. And we, we learned the, it was yesterday, we learned about the issue of whether to stand or not to stand. Um, and it comes from the words of Yaftiru Besafa, you'll see down below on, 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 from Tehillim, when David Amelech writes a, the Mizma we referred to it recently, the Ayelet HaShachar, some say written for Esther, or written by Esther, some say it's David Amelech writing about the future of Eretz Israel and saying, there will become a time when I'm like a worm, not even like a person. I'll be the disgrace of, of people and the, and the Ashamed of the nations. Everybody who sees me will laugh at me. Um, and it says, that word, there we see that word, which the Avodram says in the name of Rabbi Nutam, that is, um, I'm not sure that this is Rabbi Nutam. I think Rabbi Nutam, that's another reason that Rabbi Nutam gave. This is the Avodram going into the question of why it's called Haftarah. Um, and they will open up, means they will open up in talking about me. They will talk freely about me. They'll be open in the way they talk about me um, from peterechem, which is the opening of the womb. And some say that it comes from, you don't, you don't eat anything after the afikomen, maftirin. Like a dessert, so the haftarah is the dessert. After you've had the main course, comes the the haftarah in maftir and achar pesach So those are the reasons. Nice discussion points for a Shabbos table. Why is it called a haftarah, and why do we read it? Lashon siluk min It's the way you end something off. You end something off with something sweet. Klamar chashe karu haftarah nistalku mitfilat yotzer matchinim mitfilat musaf. Because that we we end the reading with haftarah, and then we go into musaf. Uh, and there's a bracha to make before we read the the after. The Tosfos Yontov brings more detail. This Yontov is one of the three primary perushim on the Mishnah. Uh, so, so he's I think 16th century. Uh, Rabbi Yosef Hela Lipman, and he writes Tama the Haftarot Katuv b'Sefer Tishbi. The reason for the after is is written in the Sefer Tishbi. Sefer Tishbi is is interesting. It's, the same period, a little bit earlier, he was a an unbelievable linguist. So he was one of the early people who wrote in in modern Hebrew. He wrote in Yiddish. He spoke in Yiddish. It was and he was 
uh, offered a position at the Sorbonne University as a professor of language, and he turned it down because there, no, there wasn't a community, there wasn't a, a Kigila nearby in Paris at that time, and so he turned it down. Uh, and he became like a Cheda teacher, but important enough that this was Yom Tif to quote, where he says, he saw it written, it was Antiochus who stopped the the reading of the of the Torah. So we normally have it. There was one somebody who stopped uh, the the Sefer Atishbi is more specific. It brings him was the time of of Antiochus. They took a chapter out of Nevi'im, which was similar to the chapter, the, to the piece of Kriyasa Torah would have been. Here's what's important. And now, even though there's no Gezerah, that we keep a Minog. Once a Minog is instituted, you don't take it away because the reason's no longer there. You don't do less than you did than you did before. Um there's an interesting book that was just written very recently called Subtraction, which talks about the nat- and traces why, from a physiological perspective and a historical and sociological perspective, why we add more easily than we subtract. We buy more stuff. We grow. It's all about growth, and capitalism is driven by that. Uh, and and uh, comes Rosh Hashanah time, and you want to take on something new for Rosh Hashanah. You'll add something. Sometimes you've got to take away something. And it talks about how difficult it is, but how important it is to, to remove stuff rather than, than add stuff. The average American home has a quarter of a million objects in it. Uh, and that's kind of a little excessive. Uh, what do you do with them? Where do you keep them? How do you manage them? It, it, it blocks us up. Get rid of stuff. Make space. Uh, so it's a very interesting book called Subtraction. Uh, but with Minhagim, we don't subtract. Every time there's a new minog, we add the minog. That's the danger of minogim. So all of us, now you're starting to do things you don't even know where they come from. The reason he likes the reason for the haftarah is But this is the haftarah, this is the dessert of the whole Kriyasatara. It's the end of, the, of that piece of davening before we move into, into Musaf. The Shibola Aleket is an earlier, this is now a 13th century Italian. Shibola Aleket is a Talmud of the Bale Tosfus, and he writes a halachic sefer called the Shibola Aleket. And he goes, says, we'll go back to, to Rashi, who says that you read from, from the Nevi'im. After davening, generally, are you Mavim's forim? They used to bring this forim out after davening every day. And people used to learn Chumash, Tanakh, Mishnah, Gemara after after davening. As it says, Lo'olam yashlish adam shnotav shalish b'mikra, shalish b'mishnah, shalish b'talmud, k'day l'kayam lo'yamish. A person should divide his time up, so there should be a third in Chumash, a third in um, Mishnah, a third in Tanakh, a third in Mishnah, and a third in, in Gemara. They've already read from the Torah. And afterwards they used to stay and read from Tanakh. And then they would learn Gemara. And then things got bad economically and they needed to get to work. So learning Torah got ignored a bit. So learning they just get Kriyashma in place. At least that, let every Jew say Kriyashma, morning and evening, at least that. Yet in, in Uvalitzion, we, we include Psukim from Tanakh, so that you should have learned some Tanakh every day as well. 
which is like and that stayed in place until this time. We reference a bit of Tanakh. Um, but that was where, according to the Shibale, I look at, look at the idea of the of the Maftera came from. Learn some Chumash, now learn some Tanakh. Al-Gamara, now we get to Al-Gamara. Now we've got a bit of background on the Haftar. Al-Gamara asks, shiva. Does the one who gets Maftir, is he counted as one of the seven? In other words, does the seventh Aliyah read Maftir? Or do you call up an eighth person for Maftir? Now we read, well, our Minag is not consistent, is it? On Shabbatot and and, uh, Norm, and Yom Tev? No, just on Shabbatot. We do it as one of, as an additional one. We call up seven. We call up an additional one for the Haftar. But on Yom Tov, what do we do? We call up six, and then the after is an additional one, but he doesn't repeat what has been said before. He reads something that has not been said before. Um, there's discussion in the Gemara whether, whether he is counted or not. Why should he be considered as... One of the seven Dalkari is reading from the Torah. Why shouldn't he be one of the seven? Says Ula, why does he even have to read from the Torah? The Haftarah is about reading from Tanakh. Why does the Maftir read from the Torah? Because we don't want him to leave the Torah and read from Tanakh as if Tanakh is the most important thing. So we say, no, read from the Torah before you read from Tanakh. So everybody should know that Torah is the way it starts. And since it's for the purpose is not as part of the Kriyas Torah, but simply to show honor to the Torah, therefore, says the, uh, says the Gemara, it doesn't count as one of the seven. There's, uh, Tosfus goes in, I just want you to look at the approach of Tosfus, where he asks, um, it's strange that our minag is that the Maftir goes back and reads what the Rishonim have already read. He reads and re-reads a parasha. And he doesn't read anything extra. And he goes on from the Gemara, it's a beautiful toast, it's not a difficult one to learn. And he goes on to prove from the Gemara that that's not so. The Maftir should read his own piece that hasn't been read before. Not, not, not just repeat what was before. Ela, so he proves from me, you see that in the time of the Gemara and the Mishnah, they used to, the Maftir did add, he did read a piece. The, the seven went up to Maftir and didn't, the, the Shvi didn't read Maftir. Then the Maftir was called up and the Maftir read Maftir for the first time. And he proves that that is in fact the case. Um, and then he goes on the second paragraph here. So he answers that there was there was a change in Minak. And the, the reason for the change in Minak was they instituted the Kaddish that we say before the Maftir. The reason to in, introduce that is to make it clear to everybody that the Kriyasatur is finished. The seven have been called up and the Maftir is an add-on. So it's all very well we have Minhagim, but we never want the Minak to become confused with the essential halakha. So the essential halakha is the seven people. So that's why we say Kaddish. The purpose, it's not a Kaddish Yatom, it's not a mourner's Kaddish, it's a the purpose of that Kaddish, and there's no reason for a mourner to say that Kaddish, the Balkhari should say the Kaddish. The purpose of that Kaddish is to interrupt and say, Kriyasa Torah is over. And now it's, now it's Maftir and Aftar is a different thing. So, so the, because of the growing ignorance of people, and they started confusing Tanakh with, with, with Chumash and not seeing the differences, 
and confusing Minag with the essential thing, they intervened and established that Kaddish. Once that Kaddish is there, you can't go back now and carry on the seven, the, the seven portions. Once the Kaddish is instituted, you have to stop at the, at the end of that portion. And he goes on discussing the Minag. It was very, it's changed slightly in various parts of the world. Um, what I want you to see here is how carefully the Rishonim analyzed the Minhagim. And the, the source, the quality control is the Gemara. And that's why the Vilna Gon in his time stripped out all Minhagim that don't have a source of the Gemara. If he couldn't find a source in the Gemara for a Minhag, he, he removed it. Um, and that's why you'll find in many of the Minhag's customs, a lot of things that people do, he says, no, we don't, we don't do that because Minhagim had grown and grown and grown. And yes, when Amina starts, with, as we saw, as, as the uh, so as Yom Tov said and others, once the Minag is there, even if the reason is no longer there, the Minag continues. However, we've got to watch and make sure that we're not taking on Minhagim and Minhagim and Minhagim, like we did, like some shuls after, after Shachris have got, uh, like another Shachris, this Tilim and that Kaddish and another Tilim and another Kaddish and another Tfilah and another Kaddish, and all of a sudden, Shachris is twice as long as Shachris is meant to be. We've got to be careful that we stick with what the, the Minhagim that, that have their sources in the Gemara. Here there's one case, Tosfus goes to a lot of length, it's a long Tosfus, to analyze one deviation that in our custom, we, the, the, the Maftir repeats, he doesn't say his own piece of Tumash. And Tosfus is worried about that. According to the Gemara, that should, that's not how it should be. As the Gemara, this was a particular exception. Here's the reason, this is why it was instituted, it was based on the Kaddish. We track down the reason and the origin, and we've got a Tosfus on which to base ourselves. So that's how we do it today. We follow, we follow the Tosfus. But see how carefully the Rishonim check every minute to make sure that it's in alignment with the Gemara, that it's not some new thing that somebody's just added in. And that's why in our modern situation where there are mo modern issues arise and, and people want to, want to introduce all sorts of new customs and new minhagim, and, and we, don't, we don't do that. We don't allow that. We want to make sure that our davening is such that if uh, Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Akiva or Abaya or Rova or the Rambam or the Vilna Gon were to walk into shul, they would know what's going on. Be perfectly just the way they used to daven. Uh, and, and that's what, it, what is important in our shuls, that there's continuity of Masoro, that the way we live our Yiddishkeit doesn't change. Uh, we, we change the style because we're modern, so there's certain things we change, but not in the Masoro, not in the traditions that we practice in our Yiddishkeit.